Howdy. If we haven't met before, I'm Cooper. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm stepping in for Darren today, who's sick, so it's going to be my job to work through this passage with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's a bit of a weird passage, to be honest. Um, you know, a bit of a youth favourite, actually, which is why I've picked it, but it's also one of my favourites. I genuinely think that this is one of the most important passages in the Bible. Uh, if you haven't read Joe before, let me go through it with you uh, quickly now so that we can see how this passage might fit into it. So, Job. Job is a guy who lived long ago and he was a really godly guy. Job lived a great life. He was really blessed by God with land, with love, with family, wealth, health and more. He had it all. Uh, one day, Satan takes notice of Job. He tells God that, of course, Job is such a godly guy because God has given Job everything. But Satan thinks that Job might not be so godly if he had it all taken away. So God allows Satan to put Job to the test. Satan isn't allowed to kill Job, but anything else is fair game. God is so confident that Job won't turn away from him. And so Satan really, really puts Job to the test. He destroys Job's house, he destroys his crops, kills all his animals, kills Job's family, covers Job in painful sores so that everything hurts all the time. Satan does everything, but Job hangs in there through all this and stays faithful to God. Job grieves this hard, it's obviously very difficult for him, and so his friends come and see him. Job's friends try and tell him that, uh, you know, he must have done something wrong to deserve this, that he must have sinned somehow so bad that God is punishing him. But Job can't think of anything he's done to deserve this. He can't see why it's happened. Job ends up demanding that God tell him why this has happened to him. So this man, Job, who has suffered so much, has lost everything, has you know really been through the ringer, is begging God for an explanation of why this has happened and you know, down from heaven, the words of the Lord Almighty and answer are, do you know when the mountain goat gives birth? It is not very comforting. So pray with me and we can make sense of how all this might work. Thanks. Dear God, please use your spirit today to bring this passage to life. Give us an understanding of it and give it a meaning for each of our lives now in our own context. Help us continue to be transformed by your word and see how the story of Job, even in the most minute details, can change and renew our hearts. Amen. So Job 39, this passage then, is in the middle of God's reply to Job, demanding an answer. God starts asking him questions like, do you know when the mountain goats give birth? And Job, presumably, does not know. I certainly do not know. Job goes on in verses 4 and 5, sorry, God goes on to Job in verses 4 and 5 like this, saying, Who has let the wild ass go free? Who has loosed the bonds of the swift ass, to which I have given the step for its home, the salt land for its dwelling place? It scorns the tumult of the city. It does not hear the shouts of the driver. It ranges the mountains as its pasture, and it searches after every green thing. God here is making a point of all his work. It's not Job, but God, who is in control of the world. After all, he's done all this for the donkey, and that includes, you know, everything else that he's done in creation that he's talked about. It's all God's work. That also includes everything that's happened to Job so far. That's all part of God's creation and control. 
don't get me wrong in saying that. All these things are very, very tough. Job has lost pretty much everything he had in a way that is sad and traumatic at the hands of Satan. And Job doesn't understand why it's even happened. He can't even really possibly understand it at all. I think it's very fair for Job to be upset and grieving here because this is all really, really, really hard. And I think it's important for us to know that, you know. There are real consequences here for Job. There are deaths of loved ones, disease, pain, homelessness, all things that Job can't understand or can't control. But what Job has forgotten in demanding a response from God is that God does understand and that God is in control. God, who fully understands the donkey when Job doesn't, and God, who fully understands the mountain goat when Job doesn't, is also the God who fully understands Job, which Job doesn't. God is making it clear here to Job that he knows everything, that he knows why this has happened. It's God's role in the natural order of things and his wise nature as the creator of these things to know all this about all of these things. And that's God's role only, not Job's and not ours. Personally, I think that is a massive relief. I'm sure it is hard to feel that in the moment though, right? I think it's safe to say Job probably really, really did want to know why this had happened. He really did want that justification from God. And I think it's natural for us to feel empathy for him. It's almost hard to blame him for being upset at all. Job is having a really rough go of it. And I think it's easy to see ourselves in similar situations we've been in. It's easy to remember times where we maybe can't see God in things that are happening to us. But I don't think Job, God is upset that Job is upset here. God has no problem with that. He's not demanding that Job get over it. But he is telling Job to trust him and his order in creation and his ways, just like Job had always trusted him when things were good. I think this is really true for us too. I don't want you to hear me and think I'm saying that when we're suffering, we should just get over it because I don't think this is what this passage says at all. I think if God is with the donkey or the hawk or the locust or any of these other animals here through all this, you know, caring for them, planning their lives, structuring it in meticulous detail, you can bet that God did the same for Job in his life, even in this suffering too. Now, I can promise you that God does the same for you in the good times and the bad of your life. So, when we face the sufferings in life, which will happen, what do we do? Loved ones get sick and die. We might lose our job. We might have relationships that end. We might suffer from sickness or any other kinds of the sufferings that we see plaguing our world now. But we can trust that God is in there with, all of, with us in all these things and has a plan for every step of them in loving and in caring detail. This is the God who orchestrates every facet of nature and he has done that for you too. And so what I do want you to hear me say is that if we trust God, it is going to be okay. Maybe not in the middle of our struggles, we might not feel like that, but it will be, just like it will be for Job. Because God knows and controls it all better than we ever could. And because we can put our trust in him to help us. I don't think that there's anyone better that we would want to be in that position over us, to be doing that for us. What a relief, right? Job knows how good that feels as well. He's had a taste of it all through his life until now, 
Things were great for him, and he knows it's thanks to God. He's seen God look out for him and care for him actively, just like the horse of verse 19, the locust in verse 20, the hawk and the eagle. God cares for all his good creation, Job included, you all included. Let's keep looking at the ostrich in uh, verses 13 to 18. The ostrich's wings flap wildly, though its pinions lack plumage. For it leaves its eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a fool may crush them and that a wild animal may trample them. It deals cruelly with its young, as if they were not its own, though its labour should be in vain, yet it has no fear, because God has made it forget wisdom and has given it no share in understanding. When it spreads its plumes aloft, it laughs at the horse and its rider. So, the ostrich has no wisdom. Me too. It's not necessarily as impressive or as smart as the other animals. It's not even smart enough to care for its own children. But the ostrich does keep on living its life, doing ostrich things, running around and laughing. That's its place in God's creation, to be an ostrich. And Job's place in God's creation is to be a human, which is to trust God and to not know everything. Job is only a human, which is better than an ostrich, but still only a human. And so Job, in making demands from God, is pushing up against the natural order that God has set in place. Job, the mere human, is making demands to God Almighty. He's been demanding the wisdom and the knowledge that God has for himself to try and understand his situation. It's almost as if Job thinks that God may have made a mistake here. Like Job knows better than God about what should have happened. That Job thinks that God is wrong and he hasn't deserved any of this. That Job thinks that he's entitled to know all about it. Job certainly was not demanding any of these things when things were going well for him. But as soon as Job is not happy with the life that God has given him anymore, he suddenly wants to take the wheel for himself. This man, Job, who knows nothing about God's world, who can't control the ox and the donkey, who can't understand the ostrich, who can't empower the horse or the locusts or command the hawks and eagles like God can, thinks he is entitled to control and understand and empower and command everything about his own future. I mean this, you know, in the fullest, truest, most biblical sense of the phrase when I say it, but thank God that we do not have to do that for ourselves. God has so much more capability and capacity for that role than we ever could. God's creation is so much more complicated than Job can even comprehend or understand. So who is he to demand answers about it or try and control it? Who is Job, who enjoyed the good of God and trusted him then, to not trust him in the bad? If Job had the reins of his own life here, you know, if Job took away that suffering from himself like he wanted we wouldn't have the book of Job. Job couldn't know that thousands of years later his story would be encouraging people worldwide and teaching Christians still. And he couldn't have known that God was going to restore him and his blessings, but I'll get to that next week, come back for next time. But throughout all this, God knew that all these things would be coming. God always knew. Even scarier than, you know, Job being in control, what if I were in control? Imagine if I complained to God until I was given control of creation. You should all be shivering at the very thought. I would not trust myself to act with the same love for everyone that God has, or the same selflessness, or the same care, that is for sure. 
So how blessed are we that God has control and not me or not Job? How lucky that even when we can't understand or see why something bad has happened to us, we don't need to know. How relieving that you and I aren't the God of our own lives, knowing how much we can grow from our hardest times and learn from them, and that we might be tempted to take them away and lose that if we had the power. How bizarre that one of the most comforting things God has ever said might be, do you know when the mountain goat gives birth? Because no, I do not know that, and I am happy I do not need to know. We can put the pressure of knowing all those things onto God, and focus on getting past the problem and living our life now, knowing that ultimately God has it sorted. We can grieve and we can moan and we can struggle like Job did freely, knowing that it's not forever. I think that's very hard in the moment. Absolutely, 100%. But like he did with Job, God will let us grieve as we need. He just wants us to know and trust that ultimately he's got it all in his hands and like with Job, he might even use his struggles for our purpose. In fact, I think we have it better than Job ever did here. We know not just that God will sort things out, but we actually know way more about how. We know that Jesus died for our sins and so our sins won't be counted against us by God. We know in detail God's plan to take away all our suffering and struggle in the next life, making it so, so much easier to trust in God when we are struggling, knowing what's coming. We know all that in detail, and we can take so much peace and solace in that, not just knowing that God is looking out for us, but knowing how he's going to do that and how he's taking care of us in the ultimate sense. I think this is really relevant for everyone here right now. As we look forward to the special vestry meeting, and discern the place of the covenant between this church and St. Matt's. It's clear from the meeting last week, after our combined service, that there has been hard times for people in our church. It's clear that the path forward is tough and painful in both discernment and impact, no matter the outcome. But it's also clear from this passage that for any of us feeling any anxiousness or discomfort or distress about it, we can also feel trust in God and rely on that. God's plan is going to be what happens. God's plan is going to be what happens in our church, in our lives, and in our world. And just like Job's, uh, Job's, and just like God's plan with Job, the end is so so good. If I ever get there, uh, we have the script with all the spoilers right there. The end is clear to us. We're just not there yet. And so for now, our church and our lives and our world might not always be perfect and painless, but. There is purpose in that. We here all have work to do in discerning what we feel is the best way forward for our network. And some of these bad feelings are so helpful in keeping us empathetic to one another or letting us see where change might be needed or showing us what feels wrong to direct us to what is right. There's purpose there from God in all those things. So let me affirm that this current season is part of his plan. And if you're finding that tough right now, those feelings are very valid, but feel free uh, to talk to your ministers about how you can use them in discerning what is right. So, next time anyone here feels distant from God in hard times, you or me or anyone else, when you want to beg him to tell you why something might have happened or have him justify himself or demand an answer as to why he hasn't taken away your pain just yet, just take a moment and remember that God has got it covered. It is hard sometimes to feel that, it really is. We are only human. 
I am only human, and we feel all these things deeply. But God was always with Job, and God will always be with you. God knew what would happen to Job the whole time before Job was even born, and God knows everything that will happen to you. Before you were even born, God had a plan for how all your suffering and all your pain would be taken away from you through Jesus Christ. So hold on to the good and hold on to your faith even when you're in the worst of the bad, knowing that ultimately God has it sorted. Let me pray. Dear God, I pray that we would find trust for you when we need it the most, even in our lowest points and our hardest struggles. Keep us remembering the good that you've got waiting for us and the care you always have. Transform us into people who rely on you for all things, the way that we're made to. Amen. Thanks.